0: All right, the Rams are 7-4, five games to go. Win them all, and they will be your 2020 NFC West champion. First of two matchups down the stretch with the Arizona Cardinals, and we welcome in Maurice Jones-Drew and DeMarco Farr. MJD, let's start with you. How's your week going?
1: Uh, it's going well. Um, great workout this morning. Uh, had to get the bad juju off me and uh, ready to get after these Cardinals.
0: And, DeMarco, I know 49er week means a lot to you. Tough to get swept by the uh, foes from up north two consecutive years. Have you put it behind you?
2: Uh, I guess so. I'm surprisingly used to being swept by the Niners. Just not <laughs> as a player. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of over it. But uh, I, I buried the football, so to speak. So we won't talk about that game anymore. You know, the way I phrase
0: it, do you guys agree that that's what's kind of at stake? That's what the focus is on from here on out in this month of December, that if you control your own NFC West destiny, you're you're not in a good position relative to uh, what the Saints and what the Packers have ahead of them. There's still a chance you could, you know, climb the seating, but have you surrendered the bye, and are you just focused on winning the West and getting a home playoff game?
1: Yeah, well, for me, it's, it's, it's all about getting – I just want to play good football. I could care less about what happens from here on out, right? If you focus too far ahead, you'll stumble. If you're looking too far ahead, you're going to stumble against a team you shouldn't stumble against. And after that last performance against the Niners, you offensively, you just want to focus on playing great football. I want to execute – Every every aspect of the game, our running game needs to be better. Our play-action pass uh, connecting with receivers down the field needs to be better. Our our pass protection needs to be better. If we can do those things, everything else will take care of itself. My grandfather used to always tell me, like, if you take care of this, everything else will fall into place. And I think the same thing for the Rams. If if you just get better as a team and you get better offensively, if you get better defensively uh, and and you play your game, you should win out. You should go out there and dominate the game and then you never know. The Saints are playing without Drew Brees and yes, they're they're two and O right now, but they have a tough stretch ahead of them. And then with the Packers, you just never know what happens in that in that NFC North. So if you just take care of your business, I think whatever may happen is gonna happen. It may be a buy, it may not, but you'll be a better you'll be better set up for it.
2: I agree with everything Maurice just said, except I need thirty points a game. Uh, I need this offense. I need Jared, Jared Goff and, and company to kick it in the high gear. Uh, defensively, uh, the Rams are playing well. Uh, you know, I, I looked at those last two drives from that game that shall not be mentioned uh, against that team from up north. And 21 plays, the last two drives, 21 plays, they gave up just over 100 yards and six points. Now, that's winning football. Unfortunately, the last play was a field goal to beat you. Now I've been there. I've been there a lot in my life, man. That really does gnaw at you when you put in a professional performance on defense enough to win football games, except it's not, and you lose. Uh, That's really tough. So... You need that offense to start inspiring you. Uh, and I agree with, and I love Jim Everett. Jim Everett's a quarterback, and I apologize for every time I tried to choke him out when we were opponents, But and everybody should support their quarterback, but you need your quarterback to support you, and the only way to do that is to score points. So I'm with you. Uh, it's about winning the next game. It's about improvement, but in reality, I, I thought this team had playoff aspirations and beyond, so... Uh, to get there, if it takes 30 points a game, then so be it. Imagine what this defense could do if you could actually score behind it, and, and score at will. I mean, this could be a top-five football team, not just a top-five defense.
0: To Marco, to that point, since we last spoke, Sean McVay went to the podium at SoFi, and more so than ever before, singled out an individual, his quarterback, as needing to take better care of the football. Do you think that was acknowledging what you're saying in that he's the head coach of 53 players, not just one, and he's the head coach of a football team, not just the offense, and he's acknowledging the dynamic within his organization right now?
2: Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, you look, coach of the quarterback is rough. Uh, you've got to be – I don't want to say you you got to treat him with kid gloves, but it is one spot, and you need to encourage that guy. So every head coach I've ever been around – uh, is always the one guy that's able to criticize the quarterback nobody uh nobody gets to do it but it's obvious man i mean it's it's around the league it's around the country if you look uh most fingers are pointed towards the number one spot and you know how many times has he turned it over in the last month alone and what's your record in that month so yeah he's gonna have to pick it up um Or, like you said, the other 52 are going to be staring right back at you saying, hey, look, why don't you criticize him the same way you criticize us? I wish you can put in, like, if the nose tackle, let's say Sebastian Joseph Day has a bad couple of plays, you replace him with Greg Gaines. Quarterback, you can't really do that, but this is supposed to be football. So everyone has to chip in and play better if you're going to win football games.
0: Ten turnovers to answer DeMarco's to question since week eight. That's three more than the next closest player, despite the Rams having a bye in that stretch. And it's worth pointing out that when Goff plays turnover-free football under Sean McVay, the Rams have only lost once. That was at Minnesota in 2017. Maurice, what would you make of the way Jared Goff responded to those comments uh, earlier this week in Thousand Oaks?
1: Uh, it, 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 was, it was actually like a, a breath of fresh air. Because I was concerned. I didn't know how he was going to uh, respond. I, I, I know Jared Goff from college, training at, at the University of Cal and being around him. And I, I got to see him in an adverse situation when he had his shoulder injury. And so I got to see him work through uh, rehab. But I never really got a chance to see him be criticized. It's, it's a different type of uh, mindset you have to do. But his response saying, look, I'm a big boy I, he, and, and coach is right. I got to do better and I will do better. Okay, That's the first step. It's kind of like – that's the first step in understanding you have a problem. Now the second step is going out and and practicing and addressing that problem and showing that your teammates – that you are going to be better and then in the game playing better. And so the first step is out of the way. You've acknowledged that you had an issue last week. Great. Now how, it depends on how you practice, and then the next, the last one is how you play. So uh, he's heading in the right direction. I, and again, I think this season has just been kind of wonky for a lot of people, but especially for him, he's seeing different coverages than he's seen before. Uh, they were trying to have answers, they didn't really communicate those. And the next week, uh, that was against the Dolphins. And the next week in Seattle, they they communicate them, they get they get it going, they play better, and then you have another stinker. So can you bounce back? But not only bounce back and keep. Uh, improving each week, that's going to be the answer for Jared Goff. But I love the way he kind of accepted the blame and understood that, yes, that was on him and that he needs to be better.
0: Rams have scored at least 31 points in all six wins against Arizona under McVay with an average margin of victory of 23 points. So in one respect, it's exactly the opponent you want to see next on your schedule. You know, I do want to point out that while it's not lost on me, the value of turnovers, like and, and they're piling up for Jared Goff, both in terms of fumbles and interceptions. When I thought back on that San Francisco loss, it strangely was not the turnovers that were the most concerning things. Yes, there were some brain cramps and and those have to be eliminated. McVeigh said that. Goff acknowledged that. But there were some layups by Jared Goff's standards, and I'll tell you the plays I'm thinking of specifically in a moment, that he did not convert, that in some ways are more concerning to me. Second drive, third and short, he puts it about five yards behind Cooper Cup on and out. Last drive he's got, I think, second and five. Overshoots Robert Woods at the right sideline. You hit that throw, and Jared Goff hits that throw nine times out of ten. Then you're across midfield, you're in your two-minute drill, and you've got a a new set of downs. Instead, you're in a little bit of desperation mode on third and five, and you miscue the the wheel to Cooper Cup. So what I'm saying is, the pick six, yeah, that's, that's highlighted as the reason why the Rams lost week 12. And you can't turn it over four against Miami, three against San Francisco, and expect to win. But beyond that, beyond those high-level obvious mistakes, it's the plays that you take for granted that haven't been there, that had they been, you might have been able to overcome the turnovers, if you know what I'm saying.
2: Oh, absolutely. No, here's what, here's what we don't know is we're not out there watching practice, and I'll go back to my playing days, and I love the guy now, uh, but he was young then, Tony Banks. Now, we used to watch him from Wednesday to Friday, miss everything in the world on the practice field. So on game day, we weren't surprised by it. So I think us as a broadcast team, we're expecting Jared Goff to make those easy, quote-unquote, easy throws. And when he misses, it's shocking. But – You know, if this was going on during the week, I think we would have heard about it. So something, there's a disconnect between the practice field and game day. Maybe it's the the gap in field time because of COVID and everything else that's affecting Jared Goff. And that would be a valid excuse. I think uh, RG3 just said the same thing last night. It's a disjointed preparation period and it affects your your gameplay. So maybe Jared Goff is the type of quarterback that has to do it Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, carried into Sunday to be successful. But... For for whatever reason, that third down pass you missed in the Coop, uh, you mentioned the Cooper Cup that went five yards behind him, I'm still trying to figure out how he missed him. That can't be a missed route. And did you really think he was going to be there, or, or were you were you just that off throw on the football? So that speaks to me to uh to a guy that really needs to work on it every single day to be accurate on Sunday.
1: DeMarco, I think you're exactly right. And it's it's funny. There's certain type of players in this league. There's guys that don't need to practice that can perform well. And there's guys that need to pre- practice. They need to see every rep. They need to watch tape. They need to do everything so that they're confident and comfortable uh, in where guys are going to be. Uh, I'll say this, though. Uh, if you don't turn the ball over, even though the defense played lights out and, and only the pick six is the one that hurt you, if you don't turn the ball over, you win this game by 21 points. And I'm going to tell you why. It's because the way that mm-hmm. defense is playing. And so when you have a dominant defense, you have to be more conservative as a quarterback and as an offense because they're going to put you in position to be successful. The Niners weren't moving the ball at all in that game. And, you know, they got great field positioning. They started gaining confidence because their defense was playing lights out and causing turnovers. So if you don't turn the ball over the, the next five weeks – your defense is going to put you in position, and they're going to set you up. Your special teams, which is playing better and better each week, is going to put you in position and have you ready to put to be able to score points and score those 30 points. But the more you turn the ball over and field position changes, you're going to keep mm. fighting that uphill battle. So it may be just a, a whole philosophy thing of we're not going to be as as, as, a, as aggressive as a play caller as we, we've been. And we've seen a little bit of that from Sean McVay, leaning on that defense a little bit more uh, because – you have a great defense that is shown that it can score on defense now and is shown that it can and turn the ball over and it's shown that in sudden change
2: situations can rise to the challenge. So that's what you're looking for. Marius, your third down offense just became jumbo. I don't care why not. The down and why not? This is right. Yeah, why 15, not? 15. Three tight ends, run the ball. <laughs> yeah, and this punt. And then and guess what? Johnny
1: Hacker has, has to go back to that all-pro punter that we've seen. Put I any guys you. inside the 5 and 10. And this, <laughs> the same way that you did the Chicago Bears. Remember yep. that game? That that game was the the formula that you want to go back to if you're the Rams. If you're a Rams fan, that's what you want to see. You will dominate teams because your defense is that dominant. And it, it, it discourages offenses when you have to go 90, 85 yards to get to a touchdown.
0: You don't really believe that he's going to do that, though. Four-year sample size of Sean McVay, that's the one example that you can really point to, and there were a lot of extenuating circumstances in that game.
2: Well, I'll say this. I'll I'll say this. Yeah, I'll say this. Watching Sean McVay on the sideline, um, I give him a whole lot of credit for not exploding because you can tell that the offense and that unit was frustrating him. So... Look, man, I mean, is it about, like you said, being a high-flying offense or about winning football games? It seems like your best option right now is to play defense, punt the football, play field position. But, I mean, the pick sixes and, 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 and the, the quick three and outs are, aren't doing anybody any good, especially your defense that's been playing so well. Well, in defense of Jared Goff, I could understand if he feels a little bit
0: claustrophobic right now because there are two distinct elements that are missing, I think, from this offense. One is the running game. Since Andrew Whitworth's injury, they're barely getting three yards per carry on the ground. And if you take out the 61-yard pot from Cam Akers, it's it's barely 2.2 yards per carry. So he's not getting a lot of help when he hands it off. And then the other thing is there's a ton of congestion, say, between 0 and 7, 8 yards down the field. Like, defenses hmm. are not, I I don't think, respecting the Rams' ability to get vertical. And and they haven't necessarily made defenses play, uh, pay for playing that type of style. So I think you're you're asking a lot of Jared Goff to pick apart opposing defenses outside the numbers on these kind of speed outs when you can't really get inside of them. and I, And I think you've faced some defenses that are uniquely equipped to take that away. But San Francisco, to my eye, took it to a new extreme.
2: But you've had space there on those crossers you just missed. If you drop the one into Daryl Henderson, that's a touchdown. And I think even with Andrew Whitworth, the way San Francisco was slanting their defensive line, you would have had trouble running the football. But you stayed with it long enough. And if you don't turn the ball over, you have a chance to stay out there longer that you can pop those runs like you did with with Cam Akers. So, I I'll, I think I you played right into the niner's
1: hands. Go ahead. I will say I'll say this. The running game is going to allow everything to get going, right? It's going to allow the play action pass which you, it gives you the chance to take those shots downfield, the clean pocket, all those things. But this is my this is all this is every time I I, I get I always get like a little frustrated. Everything's not going to be perfect. And when you pay a quarterback a lot of money, they have to be deodorant they have to be the one to cover up some of the stink a little bit. And right now, your offense is struggling trying to run the ball. Well, Jared, we we paid you a bunch of money to go out there and make these throws. You have to make these throws. There, it's, it's not going to be perfect every play. And so in this situation, it is on Jared to go out there and make some tough throws. Teams are going to take away what you do well. It's You have to adjust and, and find ways to get, get different ways to it. It's not about Sean McVay dialing up the perfect play all the time. Sometimes you have to go out there and be like, "Hey, this is not open. Maybe I throw a back. Sh- Maybe I throw it to his back shoulder. Maybe you know, on the on the Daryl Henderson wheel route, I put a little bit more air under it and I throw it a little bit deeper in the end zone so he can run underneath it." But you have to make those plays. It, it can't always be perfect for you all the time. And that's when I, where as an offensive player, and I think Demarco gets frustrated too, is when we 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 tend to make excuses sometimes. And I'm not saying that. Jared can't do this because we've seen him do it. But right now, teams have a beat on what you're doing. You have to adjust and start making the proper throws all the time.
2: And, and no one's claiming, no one's clamoring for the backup here. And I hope that oh, you know no. Jared Goff is. And look, he's not fast, uh, but I, I don't think he's a baby either. So I think he knows he needs to play better. So. You know, I, I hope a little negative criticism or some 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 negative talk about his play is not going to send him into the tank. You know what I mean? So it's obvious you have to play better to win football games, especially at quarterback who has got some good vibes
0: at State Farm Stadium. Early in the third quarter last year, he'd already eclipsed 400 yards passing against the Arizona Cardinals, against whom he's 6-1 in his career with 12 total touchdowns and only three interceptions. Coming up, the featured matchup of the week. It's DeAndre Hopkins against Jalen Ramsey, the two highest-paid players at their positions, now linking up in the NFC West. We'll get MJD and DeMarco's thoughts on on that showdown in the desert when we continue with this Week 13 edition of Rams All Access on 710 ESPN. Only two NFL games this week between franchises with winning records, Cleveland at Tennessee in the AFC, and in the NFC, the 7-4 Los Angeles Rams at the 6-5 Arizona Cardinals. Interesting that the Cardinals, while still in the hunt for the playoff and the 7th seed currently, are in a world of hurt. In fact, if not for the Hale-Murray, the Kyler Murray Hail Mary to DeAndre Hopkins, they would be on a four-game losing streak. Let's bring in MJD and DeMarco Farr, and we all know where the eyes of the NFL will be this week in Arizona. It's an NFC West showdown between Ramsey and Hopkins, and I can't wait.
1: Oh, JB, this is going to be worth the price of admission. I I I tell you what, I've got a chance to watch this matchup a ton of times, uh, covering just the national media side, but watching Jalen when he was with the Jags going against the Houston Texans. This is going to be everything you want and more. It's going to be press man in your face, tight coverage. They're going to be battling. They don't talk to each other either. That's the best part about it. Neither one says anything to each other because they respect each other that much. Um, but they're going to go at it. And the, uh, Hopkins is going to have some plays. Um, Ramsey's going to have some plays, and I tell you what, there's going to be some big hitting going on as well if Hopkins catches the ball across the middle because Ramsey is coming downhill to lay the hammer.
2: You, know, uh, JB, help me out, Maurice. When is the last time the Rams played Houston? Uh, I it was Coliseum. when Robert Woods had that big at the Coliseum. He had that big 90-yard
1: catch.
0: What year was that? Yeah, when he went fight on 17. Yeah.
2: 17. Okay, it's been that long. I wrote this note, and I think I was talking about DeAndre Hopkins and who the Rams are going to have out there trying to cover him. And I put down, this guy dominates everybody except Jalen Ramsey. And that was 2017. I just couldn't remember which way that note went. So yeah, I mean... This is your assignment, and you've heard me say this about Warren Sapp to Brett Favre to, uh, to Aaron Donald to Russell Wilson. Look, uh, Jalen, you've got DeAndre Hopkins. We've got the Cardinals. So lock him up. That's Kyler Murray's safety blanket. Uh, either by, by cold play or scramble or jazz session when the play breaks down. He's looking for Hopkins to make a play. So if you can take that safety blanket away from Kyler Murray and kind of expose him, you know, I, I think that would be the football game. Now, you still have to get that little guy on the ground, but if you can eliminate his, his outlet and take away what he thinks is known and safe, you have a better chance to beat him.
0: Yeah, Kyler Murray last week did not pass for a touchdown for the first time since a Week 13 loss to the Rams, which came last December. Um, And opposing defenses, including the Patriots, have done a much better job of keeping him in the pocket, blitzing him from the outside, and kind of taking away his running element. Part of it, too, Maurice, is is he becoming a more reluctant runner since his injury against the Seahawks a couple weeks back.
1: You know, JB, I've I've gotten a lot of uh, backlash for saying that I'd take a Matt Ryan over a Kyler Murray. And people are like, are you crazy? And I'm like, no. But Kyler struggles throwing from the pocket. He has an issue throwing from the pocket. A lot of his big plays come on scrambles. They come on where he breaks the pocket and he looks down the field. Uh, If he is throwing from the pocket, it's a timing deep throw to either – uh, Isabella or, or Christian Kirk. So he doesn't really sit in that pocket and try to like pick you apart. And so that plays well into defenses. If if you don't feel comfortable sitting in the pocket where we've seen Jared Goff actually be more comfortable over the last couple of years, um, defense will start defenses will start to blitz you and do things to keep you in the pocket. Now, when you watch, when I sat back and watched the Patriots game, they weren't even blitzing to get sacks. I mean, literally dudes were coming up to him and they were stopping, just keeping him in the pocket, like making sure if he was going to throw it, he had to throw it from the pocket uh, because he's so dynamic when you get close to him. So the Patriots literally got to like three or four yards. They put their hands up and they stay outside to keep him inside. And so uh, when that happens, um, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make it tough on on the Arizona Cardinals. Now, the other key is this, and and this is why I love the NFC West. He's a carbon copy of Russell Wilson of what he used to be. And so the Rams have had a ton of success, not necessarily with Brandon Staley, but with the players have had a ton of success against Russell Wilson of how to keep him in the pocket and not letting him scramble outside and
2: how you rush and those things. You just have to use those same rules again against Arizona Cardinals. No doubt. I mean, with Russell Wilson and and faster quarterbacks, you want to send – People from the outside, easier entry from the outside end. Send fast guys to see if you can get them on the move. And like you said, you're going to have a mirror to try to keep him, you know, in front. Make him throw from the well, uh, from the bottom of the of the uh, the cup in golf, so to speak. Uh, it's tougher for a guy who's 5'10" to see the defense when he's under pressure and he's in the pocket the same way. But uh, the same thing, it's it's this. Here's the problem: if you want him to scramble and you don't want him out of the pocket, but he's going to break contain. Let's just be honest. He's that special. That's why, you know, he was the first pick in the draft but if he does scramble you want it between the hashes or close to the hash marks as possible because you may be able to get a lick on him if you let Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray scramble out towards the sideline they will use that sideline and pick up every yard they can and not pay a price for it so even if he has to slide or dive or protect himself when he's in traffic and he's good at it at least he hit the ground on a scramble so that's why you send those blitzes from outside in and try to force him to the middle of the field where you may be able to get a lick on him.
0: There is a uh, blood-in-the-water element to this. Both of you have mentioned blitzing, and Murray has been blitzed more than 35% of his dropbacks in four straight games. And in his career, he actually has more interceptions than passing touchdowns against the blitz. So whether it's his shoulder, uh, which he dinged in Week 11 against Seattle, or whether it's the fact that he's not threatening defenses as much with his feet lately, um... That game plan has been working in this losing streak for the Cardinals. I wonder, though, is it what Staley wants to do against this particular quarterback?
2: Well, I would turn everybody loose except AD. Now, this is the tough part playing against him because – if you're a defensive – let's say you're Morgan Fox, and you're a guy when it's run, you have to play run. you got to really be stout. And when it's pass, you got to get into a pass or a stance. AD can do both from any stance because he's special. But it's tough to play against guys like him. So if you get too far upfield, he's going to pull it down and run. So you have to rush through the middle of people. That's why you have to bring blitzes uh, to keep that, that that net and get pressure on him at the same time. But I would turn everybody loose up front or not – I would keep everybody at on uh, up, up front – uh, on the line of scrimmage, if I could, and mush rush and turn AD loose, if it's four. If you bring five, then everybody go and see if you can get them on the ground. But it's a really tough deal as a down lineman to rush a guy like this. Too far he runs, not far enough, he stays in the pocket and throws it a mile.
1: What what what, what did the Rams do against the Seahawks this year? What did they do Same against thing. Russell Wilson? I, I Same mean, th- thing. I, I, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, I'm not even you – know, we're going to rush five, we're going to have one linebacker out there, and we're going to have all these DBs, and we're going to rush and what we're gonna do is we're gonna like we did last time, we're gonna have A. Sean Robbins, Sebastian, Joseph Dave push the pocket to him, Michael Brockers push the pocket, let A D kind of freelance, and then the, the the two outside linebackers, whoever they may be, your job is to keep them in there. And what happens is sometimes they turn you loose. And you can go and get a sack. Um i it, it it I just believe and DeMarco, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't believe the Arizona Cardinals pass protections and their personnel are a matchup for what the Rams have up front.
2: Oh, J.R. Sweezy has been beaten by Aaron Donald in two different uniforms. (laughs) You know what I mean? So this is a guy he knows well. And, I mean, outside, I think, I'm not sure if there's an advantage, but if you give Leonard Floyd, you know, uh, more obvious passing downs, I think he beats these tackles like a drum. So, yeah, I think the pressure will be there. It's just keeping him in the pocket is the tough part.
0: They'll run it with Kenyon Drake and mix in a bit of Chase Edmonds as well. Drake has seven touchdowns this season, despite missing a game. Does not have a home touchdown this year, curiously, but it's coming off a two-score performance against New England. And look, even though Arizona's been struggling a little bit, coming off a season-low 298 of offense against New England... Still only the Chiefs average more than Arizona's average yardage total. So this is as good an offense, as dynamic an offense, as the Rams' defense will see all season. Looking forward to it on Sunday against uh, the Cardinals in Glendale. Quick word on special teams here, because uh, it's been a couple of weeks now with Matt Gay. He missed uh, an opportunity at Tampa Bay, but otherwise has been sterling. I also think it's noteworthy how he's cleaned up the uh, the kickoff act for the Los Angeles Rams, and Thank I think God. that's that all kind of Oh, yeah, right. That's been problematic. And it all adds, I think, to this sense of urgency down the stretch, don't you, where the fan base senses that with the kicking woes resolved, potentially, we hope, and this defense playing at a historic level, if you just get McVay average offense out
2: of this group, you've got a chance to go deep. How How many points does McVay average offense score? Because I know at its peak, I mean, we're talking mid-30s, up uh, close to 40 a game. So I guess average would be 25?
0: Oh, yeah, I mean, so it's been uh, six games, not since at Washington, since they put up 30. They had never gone more than four consecutive games in his tenure without a 30-point performance.
2: I, I th- so if it's you a got, drought. If, it's if,
0: officially a drought if, now.
2: If the offense gave you 25 points a game, you beat Miami and you beat San Francisco twice. You know what I mean? So I an average McVay offense with good special teams or like you said special teams that, that doesn't hurt and a dominant defense. Yeah, you, you, I think you you might be and one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hmm. And one loss right now. I Just do. 25 points a game. Yeah, absolutely. You
1: guys crack me up though because right. it I've been on teams where points were like Look, hard to come by. 24 points, Twenty four points, 22 points, like that. That's a good offense. Now, obviously, you want to be exceptional. You want to score thirty. And to be honest with you, they went through a stretch of playing some really good defenses that that put a hamper on that. This this stretch that they're gonna to go to now, I don't think it's that type of stretch. I I think maybe the toughest defense you'll see, maybe New England, maybe. But you know what they're gonna do? Like they they're gonna run right a very similar like. You just have to be ready Marine for the Boring offense you saw against Miami, yeah. <laughs> but for the most part, you should be able to score 30 points the next couple of weeks. I mean, the defense that you'll be playing. a minute, Maurice.
2: Good. I'm asking too much for 25 points. Well, against the good defenses, yeah, that, that that's tough. With a hundred million dollar quarterback.
1: Hey. Listen. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's, it's a, hold it's a, on. It's a, it's a lot when you play these good defenses. It's, it's just been a different stretch. I just think this stretch, going for these next five games, you should be able to hit thirty every game in these next five.
0: Well, Arizona's defense has yet to hold McVay's Rams under thirty-one points, although they lost last week despite holding the Patriots to one hundred and seventy-nine yards of offense. A couple of personnel notes. Uh, chandler jones on the edge a torn bicep he can't go knows Corey peters a torn patellar tendon also uh, will not be available for the arizona cardinals we'll get to four down territory next and get the latest on larry fitzgerald and the state of kyler murray and the cardinals as we continue on this week 13 edition of rams all access you are listening to 710 espn all access. It is time for our weekly trip inside opponents territory. We call it four down territory and glad to have Josh Weinfuss, who covers the Cardinals for ESPN and ESPN's NFL Nation on with us. We're going to be checking in with him a couple of times down the stretch. It appears as the Cardinals are two of the five remaining games for the Los Angeles Rams in this battle for the West and playoff positioning. Uh, Josh, we know that the Cardinals got off to a great start. Their last four games maybe have not been what they had hoped, not been up to their 2020 standard. Where are they collectively coming into this Rams game on Sunday?
3: Well, you know they understand how big of a game this is. They've lost three of their last four and were a hail mary away from losing four in a row. It, which I mean, you win one, two of those games, even, and this this division looks very different. You know, the Cardinals are in a completely different place, so they understand how important this Rams game is. Because, like you said. Two of the Cardinals' last five, obviously, is against the Rams. And Arizona still has a game left against the 49ers. So three of their last five are against division teams. And, I mean, that is, anything can happen, I think, at this point. You know, and they understand that. Um, I think they're they're accepting responsibility that their fate is in their own hands. So they know that, really, they're going to have no one else to blame at the end of the season if they don't make the playoffs. But if they do, then I think that they can have, you know, they can give themselves a collective pat on the back because they're the ones who did it.
0: Let's talk about Kyler Murray, because it seems from the outside looking in that he has not threatened opposing defenses in two dimensions like he traditionally has. Is it related to the shoulder? Is it something defenses are doing against him? Why has he not been as productive with his feet?
3: Um, I think it'd be safe to say that he, he hasn't been very productive with his feet the last few games. Um, Before that, he was slicing and dicing through these teams with running wise, and no one could contain him, right? But the last couple of games, starting with Seattle on Thursday night when he injured his shoulder early in the game, it seems like he hasn't been able to run as much, or the Cardinals have been running him as much. Um, But I think his his lack of running the last two weeks has been a combination of the injury. I don't think Cliff Kingsbury's wanted to get him out there and risk, you know, injuring that shoulder even more. So you are, you know, you're less than, you know. You're not even a two-dimensional team. You're not even a one-dimensional team at that point because he's not running. He's not throwing. Um, and the other part of that is, I think teams are starting to figure him out a little bit. Right, the last four weeks, the blitz rate against the Cardinals has been 35 percent or higher. The first seven games of the season, it was around 17 to 18 percent. So teams are figuring out the more pressure you put on him, a contains him, b forces him to make a quicker de- decision, and b you know it, it, it gets to him quicker. So they've kind of figured out how to how to um control him a little bit um and i I don't expect him to start getting back to his early season running habits until that that shoulder gets better which might not be for another week or two
0: let's go to the future matchup josh and deandre hopkins against jalen ramsey first meeting since they were both traded to the nfc west first meeting since they signed market topping extensions how anticipated is this one locally i know we're looking forward to it in los angeles a ton
3: yeah, I mean, I, it's kind of been a, a hot topic of conversation around around these parts. Um, and it's interesting because for, for DeAndre, he's coming off of a matchup with another star cornerback in Stefan Gilmore from the Patriots. So it's back to back weeks of facing two of the best corners in the NFL. And um, he, from what I've seen from him, you know, this season, it doesn't seem like this stuff faces him that much. I think he embraces going, against, going up against talent. He knows how good he is. We all know how good he is, and I think just, you know him going up against a guy like Ramsey is going to be. I mean, it's a blockbuster. This is this is a title belt right here, right? It's two of the, the heavyweights of, of of football facing off, and I think just watching that matchup is going to be enjoyable for fans. Um, but it's it's going to be something to to watch. You know, I think a lot of people are going to mistake that. You know, if, if DeAndre Hopkins doesn't have a big game. I think they're going to have to look at the big picture. Cause I think if he doesn't go off and have a hundred yards, people are going to say that Ramsey locks him down and that might end up being the case. But the one thing that I've noticed this season is that the Cardinals tend to get away from him quite often for large stretches of time. And then they'll go back to him in a hurry um, and kind of, you know, you know, target him three or four times in, in a drive. So if the Cardinals can keep targeting DeAndre Hopkins throughout this game, I think it's going to be an incredible matchup, but otherwise I, I just don't know if, if this is going to be one of those games where Ramsey can take him out of it or if it's the Cardinals taking him out of it themselves.
0: Last one, Josh. Do you think there's any psychological hurdle for the Cardinals to get over when they face Sean McVay and the Rams? They've yet to hold the Rams' offense under 31 points since McVay was hired.
3: Um, I, I don't because this, this roster hasn't been there for most of, of those games. You know, they, they obviously lost to him twice last year. Um, but you know, going back to 2017 and 18, a lot of this team wasn't here, so I don't think there's that psychological hangover. I'm sure that they can probably look at the the game notes and see that they've lost. Was it six straight, seven straight, whatever it is? Um, I, 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 but I don't think that they're going to go and say, we're we're never going to beat these guys because they've been beating up on us for that long. Because for these guys, it's only been two games, and some of them it's been none. So I don't I don't think there, there's that much of an issue there.
0: Josh Weinfest does a great job uh, living in the greater Scottsdale area and covering the Cardinals for ESPN's NFL Nation. We appreciate the insight. Uh, looking forward to how these two teams can shape the NFC West and the NFC playoff picture down the stretch. We appreciate your time, Josh. Have a great day. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, I'm coming back with Maurice Jones-Drew and DeMarco Farr to finish up this week 13 edition of Rams All Access, next on 710 ESPN. Welcome back to Rams All Access in Week 13. It's the first of two meetings this season with the Arizona Cardinals. Five games to go. And again, if the Rams can win them all, they will be your 2020 NFC West champion. First, a trip to the desert. One of the best road teams in the entire NFL, trying to keep it going as they see the Cardinals. Back with Maurice Jones-Drew and DeMarco Farr. I am J.B. Long. Some key games around the NFC this week. The Saints going to the Falcons, a rematch, second time that they've met in the last three weeks, the Saints can clinch a playoff berth with a win and a Bears loss. You also got the Seahawks getting a Giants team at home with a Daniel Jones injury at quarterback. And then lastly, want to point out the Packers at 8-3 are home to the Eagles. So some of the teams you're trying to track down have very favorable matchups. Uh, Whether or not the Rams are still playing for seeding remains to be seen. All right, DeMarco, let's uh, get to some closing thoughts. And I know that uh, you felt the pressure being put on this defense, the burden they've been asked to carry for so many weeks. Finally, they crumbled on that last drive against the 49ers. What's their status going down to the desert?
2: Well, I think this defense is ready to go. I mean, I'm going to be looking for that first series because, like you said, they were on the field when the 49ers drove down to kick the winning field goal, so that's going to sting a little bit. So once you get over that, I hope you're going to be ready for football. But the Arizona Cardinals defense in particular, guys, fangless pass rush, I think this is a get-right game for Jared Goff, and it has to be. Uh, the big question uh, that, that that's on everyone's mind, and we've talked about it on this show, is can this defense carry the football team? Absolutely it can. But I'll say this, who really wants to on defense? It takes years off your career defending short fields and giving up field goals to lose football games. It really messes with your mind and messes with your body, so uh, I'm all about supporting the guy and supporting your quarterback, supporting Jared Goff, but he's got to support you too. You can't turn the ball over, you can't make silly mistakes, and you got to hit the open man and stay on the field to give them a rest. So, if this football team, the 2020 Rams, ever show up in all three phases, offense, defense, and special teams, I don't think there's a team out there that can really stay on the field with them uh, outside of a few. Uh, But it all has to show up on Arizona. Let's hope that this is a get-right game for Jared Goff.
0: DeMarco, I did want to ask you about the edge position because going into this game and having spoken about just how lethal Kyler can be if he gets outside your contain, that was an issue in a different regard against the 49ers last week. And I'll point out that there's help on the way in a couple different forms. Obo Okoronkwo, who was arguably their most dynamic pass rusher before he was injured and went on IR. Um, And then Derek Rivers, who they claimed as a defensive end from new England off waivers last week. We'll see if he's in the lineup uh, against Arizona. But my point is collectively that group, what's the challenge that they'll see in Arizona this weekend.
2: Well, you got to keep contain. I think Leonard Floyd has done a great job versus the run keeping contain, and when it's an obvious passing down winning his fair share of one-on-ones, it's the other side. Now, I think Hollins had a tough game, and you brought in Samson Abelcom, who they had to put on the bench in favor of Hollins because he was losing contain. So, number one, your job is to turn everything back the 21-man rule. The ball cannot get outside of you, and then – turn into a football player, find the football. But as far as Oboe coming back, I think this is the perfect week because not only is he fast, he's very explosive. So he can win those quick one-on-ones, free himself, and then have the speed to chase down a Kyler Murray. And if he gets on the move, Kyler Murray, make sure he stays on the move. Don't just run from spot to spot to free yourself up to throw the football and take advantage of a secondary that's had to cover for five seconds. So... Obo, those type of guys, if you keep them on the move, keep them on the move, drive them out of bounds, or get a lick on him. But this is a good week to have Oboe Okoronkwo back in the lineup.
0: Maurice, give me a, a cardinal. Give me an individual who we haven't spoken of yet who you think could be an X factor, someone who's influencing the game, as we call it on Sunday. Uh,
1: Buda Baker. Uh, I think he is the... You know, I, 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 it was weird seeing him coming out of uh, DeMarco's alma mater. I, I was like, uh, maybe. I mean, he was playing well against some Pac-12 guys. Yeah, he, he's okay, But he has excelled every year he's been in the league. This season he's excelled every game. Uh, and he's only getting better. And he's utilized very similar the way Jamal Adams is. And we saw the way Jamal Adams was able to impact that Seattle Seahawks game late in the game with a sack fumble a uh, strip sack and, and Buda Baker has done that. He's going to be blitzed all over the place. Well, as soon as he gets around the line of scrimmage, you have to be account, you have to account for him. And if you're a running back, which we've seen the Rams have struggled in protection or a tight end, you're going to have to remember to block him. And so uh, the one thing that concerns me more than anything is the fact that Jared has been hit a ton of times in pass protection um, and that he loses the ball or that he gets hit and the ball flutters in the air. And then he calls a turnover. And so to me, Buda Baker, uh, playing around that line of scrimmage, finding ways to impact this game is going to be huge uh, for the Rams. They have to account for him. And I know Sean McVay does like most coaches. These are going to be the game breakers on offense. These are the game breakers on defense. Well, Buda Baker is one of those game breakers, and he could break this game wide open if you allow him to. Can, can I say one thing, Maurice?
2: It looks like he's addicted to contact. Like oh, he my needs goodness. to have contact on every single play. That's how he pursues. Well, it's, well he – I mean, again, this is the other thing.
1: As a running back – I hated guys like that because he forces you (laughs) to make a move, right? I love guys that break down and want to, like, square you up. Like, oh, that's awesome. I'm going to make you miss. But a guy that flies to the ball and shoots and dives and shoots at his leverage, he forces you to make a move. And if you make the wrong one, that could be it for you for the day. But if you make the right one, he's going to allow you to kind of cut, and then the rest of the defense is going to get to you. He just plays lights out. He he just The way they're utilizing him right now uh, is very similar to what – Uh, Pete Carroll did with Troy Polamalu at USC where they have him lining up everywhere the same way the Seattle Seahawks are using Jamal Adams. And so um, you're going to start seeing that type of safety that plays around the box and blitzes. You just have to be prepared for it.
0: Leads all NFL defensive backs and tackles over the last two seasons. All right, we're looking forward to Sunday. Can the Rams keep it rolling against the Arizona Cardinals? The home stretch is on its way. Five games to go and their first matchup of 2020 with Kyler Murray with Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals. Our pregame coverage starts right around 10 o'clock here on 710 ESPN. For DeMarco Farr, from Reese Jones-Drew, I'm JB Long. Thanks for listening to Rams All Access.